0: In the land of spices, there was a family, there was a little girl, a little boy, a beautiful mother, tall, elegant and educated, and a humble father who had beautiful hands not only were his hands beautiful but he could make beautiful things with his hands these were the hands that were given to him by his father his grandfather his great-grandfather passed down through generations of artisans that made beautiful things with their hands this humble Father loved his craft. He made murtis and images of gods and goddesses with his hands out of mud and clay, out of wood and metal, painting them and embellishing them in all the colors, decorating them with gold. And jewels it was his history it was his family's history it was his skill it was his art it was his passion it was his love and when he created these beautiful forms Lovingly caressing the images of these beautiful goddesses, many times mirroring them on his own life. He marveled at the luck with the benevolence to create something so beautiful. This, of course, was all done in secret because to practice his craft was against the law. His faith, his religion, the culture of his people was being sanitized, erased, and replaced by these hard, cold, empty statues of men that did not look like him. And so these Murtis, these images that he created was done in secret. And passed to different households, to be personally, privately, secretly adorned and adored. Most of the temples were stripped of his forefather's work. And so his neighbors and his friends Could only privately have their miniature versions in their inner sanctums. But he didn't lament too much. He still created with his beautiful hands. He made pots and bowls and vases. He made pretty little sculptures and vessels for the ladies that lived up at the station office to put their little things in, the baubles, the flowers. He made cooking vessels for people. One of his neighbors sold it on the street in a little cart. And so, whereas... His forefathers had their passion craft as artisans. They were supported by the community and wanted for nothing because they were left to create. And so all of their other needs were met by the community because as artists of the gods, They should not labor. This was the thinking of the people at the time. But these were different times. These kinds of divine artists were not treasured as they had in the past. And so labor became something that he, the first of his line to have to do. He didn't lament too much because it was better for him to do it. It was safer for him. His wife, he fared going out onto the streets to look for work. She was educated. She went to the mission schools and learned how to read and how to write. She spoke the invaders language quite well. But he fared for her out in these streets. He'd heard and seen stories of women seeking work and the prices that they had to pay in order to get their jobs, keep their jobs. And he thought, why have a comfortable body when you can't have a comfortable mind. And so the sacrifice was easy for him. Less income for peace. When his son came old enough. He was still relatively young at the time, but He went to work at the station office, his job, for eight hours a day, was to pull on a camel's rope, that was it, pulling on a rope, it paid well. These types of jobs were relatively safe for young children. They were invisible. And he was young and robust. Being a punkawala, which is what he was called, was suited to such young bodies. Pulling on a rope that was attached to a fan, on a porch, in a room, where the men that didn't look like him sat, drinking their tea, playing their board games. And discussing things that I guess those types of men felt were important to life. And it was that young boy's fit to take that job and to overhear a conversation about an opportunity. For a new start, in a new place, in a new world. A place where someone like him, like his father, like his family, artisans that had no place anymore in the world, could learn to work the land can become farmers that would be taught to work the land and after a period of time be given land themselves to become independent farmers. It was almost too good to be true. And so began the story of the migration to the west by this little family that lived in the land of spices ended up on the sugarcane plantations in the Caribbean Sea. And so this family embarked on this long journey to the other side of the world. They traveled by cart, by train, by pirogue, by ship, They docked in lands that were all dust. They also docked in lands that were so cold. They traveled for months. Until they finally arrived. Now I have to tell you. When this lovely family. Finally arrived at their final destination. What started off as a family of four. Became a family of three. You see. That lovely wife. She didn't make it. She never saw the final destination. Then he despaired. He despaired that humble father he'd lost his living goddess and he had finally arrived where they dreamed would be a new start for them and their family His son was eleven, his daughter was six, and all throughout this journey what started off as excitement and hope slowly revealed itself to be a lot of empty promises, a lot of deception, lives, dishonesty, trickery. He had sold his family into servitude on the promise of land. And he lost his wife in the process. So he despaired. When they arrived at the docks, they were all bundled into a train car in the sweltering heat and taken to these sheds where they were supposed to live and learn to become farmers on the land. He despaired. What was he to do with a little girl in such a scary place? Such unsafe conditions. There was no place for a little girl to be living among all these men. It was not like he was a family unit and he could have gotten separate accommodations designed for family units. He no longer had a wife. So, in the community barracks with all the others, Thankfully, one of the nuns that were the attending nurses that did the health assessments when he arrived on the plantations felt sorry for his situation and offered to have the girl stay. And work for them, and he agreed. So that's where she would be. She would be out in where the medical office. Or when she couldn't be, her brother would stay and stay off from his shift to guard her during the day. Of course, the father had to do his work and his son's, because an 11-year-old boy was a man and had to do man's work. He had to dig the ditches and cut the cane, load them and tie them in bundles and carry them on his back, just like ordinary men. So this is not what we were expecting. And this was not the training that they thought they would be getting learning to be farmers but at least his little angel was safe eventually the nuns took her into the orphanage and she became a resident there in the orphanage with all the other children I hesitate to say the word abandoned because it didn't seem that they were unwanted children It just seemed like a safe place for a lot of them. And he was happy to have her there because, like her mother, she would go to the mission school and she would learn to read and she would learn to write and she would be educated and become a proper lady. It would change her stars. And so he had hope for her. Having a better outcome. Then. Working the land. As some women did. Alongside the men bundling the canes on their backs and carting them away. And so the little girl never felt abandoned by her father and by her brother who on every day off would trek the miles all the way across the island to the mission school to the orphanage to spend time with her and tell her tales of the land of spices as her mother would have done if she had survived the trip. And to also remind her of her true name. You see, one of the disadvantages of having her safe was to remove her alienness to have her blend in with the others and so her name was changed to fit the tongue of the nuns that looked after her And of course, she went into those cold, hard places with those cold, hard statues of men that did not look like them and became a follower. Of one of those men. Strange thing that all you needed to do was sprinkle a little water and it would wash away all of your alienness. But Who was he to judge? He was a very simple man who only knew how to make beautiful things with his hands. His hands, which were scarred and bandaged from toiling the land. eventually their time was up on the island they were free and as the agreement that he signed he was offered land in exchange for his toil and he refused He decided to go back to the land of spices and take up his forefather's craft once again in secret, in silence, and to use his hands to make beautiful things once again. What was he to do with, now, his alien child? What was he to do? And so, these two men that loved her decided that it would be best that she stayed behind and continue to have these change in stars. And so, as all good fathers do, they found her a wealthy husband. And he was wealthy. He was not that much older than her, she would have been around 12 and he would have been close to 19, so not too much of an age difference really. His family was well situated. They had a business in the capital city. And of course, with any family business, you need lots of family to work in the business. Everyone had their roles. And there is nothing like a loyal daughter-in-law and so on a Sunday as is customary the last Sunday in the month the humble father and his now very grown-up son, took the hours-long trek across the island to visit the now alien little girl. That was The last time that she would see them and that would have been the last time that she would be there in that orphanage as a little girl she was very excited for her trip into the capital city they'd only ever been there a couple of times to go through the museums to get their vaccinations and so she was not expecting that she would be arriving At her place her new home a day before her wedding feast and a feast it was for her in-laws were promised a well-educated lady to their proud son And they were not disappointed when they saw her. She, of course, was very surprised. She knew nothing of this culture, of this religion, of a three-day wedding. She knew nothing about The dances. The washing before. The ceremonies. Having all these strange women coming and bathing her and rubbing strange, sweet-smelling things into her skin. Painting her hair. Painting her feet. Painting her body. She said, She was too afraid to cry. And so, she became a wife. A cook, a cleaner, a server in this business that was her family's, her new family's business. I cannot tell you. What a shock it was to her to be suddenly confronted with everything that you have avoided all of your life, your culture, your history, your language, everything that was taken from you, and in many ways, you denied. You pushed away. Well, there was no avoidance now. She was expected to be a young lady from the Land of Spices. To know her place, to know her craft as a lady from the Land of Spices. It drove her mad. Who was she? Was she the strange name that these people who claimed to be her new family? Or was it the name that she had heard every day for the last five, six years? What did that make her? Well, I can tell you when you are a much needed daughter-in-law in a very busy family business You do not have time to be upset, depressed, you do have time to lose your mind and to kill your husband. (laughs) that little girl story does not end there she goes on to have much more adventures which I will continue in another episode but in this my second season of this podcast talking about mental wellness. I could not leave out the story of my beginnings, my family's beginnings, and my great grandmother's beginning.